Welcome to Back to the Basics with Pastor Jason McClendon. This program is sponsored by Crossroads Christian Fellowship, a non-denominational, conservative, and evangelical church focusing on returning to the mindset of believers in the New Testament church. The acronym BASICS, in the name of the program, stands for Believing and Sharing in Christ's Salvation. We are disciples making disciples who make disciples. And now, here is the message. Welcome to Crossroads Christian Fellowship. The message today is about being a Christian, about being someone who has an actual relationship with Jesus Christ, about your identity in Christ, being someone who walks the walk and not just talks the talk. But before we get into that, let's pray. Father, we humbly come before you and thank you for the blessings you've given us whether that is shelter, food, clothing, friends, family members, and most importantly, our relationship with you, we are grateful. Sometimes we take these blessings for granted, and we ask that you open our hearts and minds so that we can truly see how blessed we are. All of this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture reading for today is from Acts chapter 19, verses 13 to 15. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And one day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? There are a lot of people who claim to be Christians. They profess to follow Christ on the one hand, while on the other hand, continue to live their sinful lives. Now, I'm not talking about people who repent but still sin, because the truth is, we will continue to sin even as Christians. I'm talking about people who professed faith in Christ, but never repented of their sins. They never even tried to repent. They may have made a statement that indicated their desire to follow Jesus, but they never really followed through with that commitment. They may even think they are saved because they once had an emotional event in which they dedicated their lives to Christ, but they never actually followed through with it. There was no commitment. There may have been an actual heartfelt desire at the time that profession of faith was made, but the Bible makes it clear that repentance is part of the deal. God is willing to forgive us for so much, and all we have to do is sincerely believe in Him and repent of our sins in order to follow Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that is how we establish our relationship with Jesus, and then we build on it from there. The passage of Scripture that I just read is talking about people who professed to have a relationship with Jesus, but who clearly did not. Their identity was not in Christ. The demon clearly knew who Jesus is and who Paul was, but they did not know these men who were simply throwing around the name of Jesus as if it was some magical incantation. Jesus is not a genie. Praying in the name of Jesus or giving commands in the name of Jesus is not a formula for making things happen just because someone uses the name of Jesus in the prayer or the command. And if you are truly following Jesus, your life will be transformed and even the demons will recognize you. They may not be scared of you per se, but they will recognize that you are a follower of the King of Kings and he has given you his authority to do certain things here on earth and the demons are afraid of that. So if you were to come face to face with a demon, would they know you? 
Would they recognize that you are a follower of Jesus? Let's break it down even simpler. How about your neighbor? Does your neighbor recognize that you are a Christian? Now, we don't want them to be afraid of you, but it might be important for them to recognize that there is something different about you from so many other people, some aspect of your life that they might be interested in learning more about. Do other people see the fruit of the Spirit in you? Is As a reminder, the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5, to 23 is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Does this sound like you? Does this sound like traits that someone else might use to describe you? What is the actual evidence for your faith in Christ? How about this? If you were arrested for being a Christian, would they find enough evidence to convict you? In this life, we have multiple identities. For example, I was born into a family where I was named Jason McLendon. I grew up in that family, and throughout my life, my experiences have shaped me. I have been known as many things throughout my lifetime. I am the son of my parents and the brother of my siblings. To different people, I was known as the scoutmaster, the karate teacher, the college professor. Now I'm also known as the husband to my wife, the father to my children, as chaplain and as pastor. But the most important identity I have is that as a follower and servant of Jesus Christ. For those of you who have seen my Facebook profile or my LinkedIn profile, that is my title. My business card, well, one of my business cards anyway, has my name followed by follower and servant of Jesus Christ, loving husband, father, son, brother, and friend. This is the priority order of my life identity. Now, let me give you that priority again. Follower and servant of Jesus Christ, loving husband, father, son, brother, and friend. And by the way, that is also what I want to be on the epitaph of my tombstone, because that is who I am. That is my identity. Now, I want to fully admit that I am not necessarily very good at living out that identity. I'm still a sinner. I still fall short. But the first priority in my life is following and serving Jesus Christ. And I hope that that is how people know me. I hope that that is how God sees me. That is who I want to be. But it truly takes picking up the cross and walking in faith on a daily basis. Who are you? What is your identity? When we repent of our sins and commit to follow Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are cleansed of our sins and we are born again. This is the beginning of a completely new life. We have literally changed our identity. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 to 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This means that our lives have to change. We can't just call ourselves Christians but never change. And listen, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Your life can and will transform when you become a Christian. But this does not happen through your own power. This happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have to be willing to let Him lead, and then you have to follow. It is really unfortunate that we have so many people in the world today who profess to be Christians, but their lives have never changed from before they profess their faith. Again, 
a euphoric moment calling on Christ because it feels like the right thing to do at the time, but not really meaning it, does not make someone a Christian. Being a Christian means having a life-changing, ongoing experience for the rest of your life. Listen, I have a plea for this vast world of Christians. It is very simple. Please either follow Christ and actually try to be Christ-like, or quit telling people that you're a Christian if you aren't really one. I'm not asking you to be perfect because you'll never get there, but I am asking you to consider the fact that many people in the world consider Christians to be hypocritical and judgmental. Why? Because so many people who claim to be Christians aren't really even trying to follow Christ. Sometimes us Christians wear shirts or have bumper stickers that say something like, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. Well, that is true, but it is not an excuse to yell at someone for not going fast enough when the light turns green and then flipping them off as you speed past them, all while proudly showcasing your bumper sticker that says, Jesus is my co-pilot. When we do stuff like this, we embarrass God. He still loves us, but would so much rather that we represent him properly. I used to work with someone who was known as the most unreliable, most untrustworthy, and most vulgar person in the company. But there he was, every Sunday morning at church. He had a Christian fish sticker on his car, the one called an ichthys. Now, I have no idea what was going on in his heart. Maybe he really did believe in God. But I knew him for several years, and I never did see any type of transformation. Nor did I ever see him even appear to be trying. What I do know is that his actions turned people off from God. And I know this because I had several conversations with people who told me as such. And if you've ever worked in a restaurant, you might know that restaurant workers generally do not look forward to when groups of Christians come in, especially right after church. I know this. I I worked in a restaurant many years ago. When groups of Christians are in restaurants, they are often louder, more demanding, less forgiving, and tip less than most other customers. How can we expect to win souls to Christ when we treat others this way? Who wants to be part of a group that appears to be stingy, rude, demanding, and generally unfriendly? Wearing a shirt that says, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven, really doesn't help in this type of situation. You've probably heard me say before that Christians have a responsibility to coach, teach, and mentor other Christians. We are literally commanded to rebuke and correct Christians who have strayed from the path. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 specifically tells us to do that. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you are someone who professes to be a Christian but you really aren't, please, please, please Pray about actually repenting and making a commitment to Jesus. If you are a Christian who is backslidden, in other words, you actually meant it when you gave your life to Christ, but you're not really trying to follow him right now, please pray about returning to a life of following Jesus. His arms are open wide, and you are always welcome back. Simply repent and and step back into the fold. Being a Christian means that we are supposed to be held to a higher standard. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And Matthew chapter 5, verses 14-16 to 16 says, 
You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are not to be conformed to this world, but we as Christians are to be set apart as righteous, holy followers of Jesus Christ. And when we do this, others will see us and it will glorify God. So we have to ensure that whatever we do and however we do it, it always glorifies God because that is who we are as Christians. Our identity is as a follower of Christ and we should always glorify God. There are many of us who need to examine our relationship with him. Are we truly trying to follow Christ? Are we truly trying to please him? Or are we continuing to do things that we know displeases him? If you're a backslidden Christian, you're still a Christian, but you are not growing into the person that God wants you to be. Your identity is in Christ. So let's make sure that that person is the person who is reflecting Jesus Christ in everything we do. Let's pray. Father, we come before you humbly and respectfully, and we simply ask that you forgive us for our many sins. We ask that you show us how to follow you better and how we can make sure that we represent you in everything we do so that our identity is truly that as a follower of you. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you for everything you've given us. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Friends, I sincerely hope that you are already a follower of Jesus. But if you are not, you need to know that the Bible makes it absolutely clear that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We are all sinners and we all need Jesus. None of us can do it on our own. When we die, we will either go to heaven or to hell. But the ability to spend eternity in heaven is a free gift from God. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because he loved us so much, Jesus paid the penalty of death for our sins. He paid the price with his own blood, which means that we don't have to. That gift is free, and to receive it, all you have to do is recognize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Confess your sins to God, repent of your sins, in other words, you have to turn away from them, and turn your life over to Jesus, asking Him and allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. Remember, just because you repent, and make Jesus your Lord does not mean you will instantly become perfect, but you do need to strive to model your life after Jesus. There are no magic formulas or special prayers to become a Christian. Just make it known to God. Just tell Him. He knows what's in your heart. Now, if you've made the decision to dedicate your life to Christ, which is often referred to as being born again, or if you've made the decision to rededicate your life to Christ, please let us know. Go to IamSavedByJesus.com and tell us about your decision. 
We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to know if we can help you along the way. If you haven't made that decision yet, please pray about it, and we'll pray for you too if you let us know. This is the most important decision you can ever make in your entire life. It only takes a few seconds to decide, but the ramifications of your choice are literally eternal. Take it seriously. Remember, go to IamSavedByJesus.com, and we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, running a ministry is not free. There are many costs associated with developing and running programs, and we humbly ask for your support, especially if our messages have touched your heart or you believe they will touch the hearts of other people. We ask that you first pray about how God wants you to proceed, and then, if you feel led, help us focus on building the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian and you are not tithing anywhere, please consider tithing to us or consider gifting to us, however God leads. Remember, the money you have is God's money that He blessed you with to manage and to be a good steward. The money you tithe and gift to us builds the ministry of Crossroads Christian Fellowship and the International College for Christian Studies. The more financial support we receive, the more people we can reach. You can make this monthly contribution or one-time gift through PayPal by going to donationforchurch.com. You can also find other ways to donate on that webpage. Thank you in advance for your support, and may God bless you. Well, it's almost time to go. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We are praying regularly for you and ask that you do the same for us. Until we come together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Go now into the world and serve the Lord. Amen.